Hello everyone. Today I'm talking a little bit about intuitive eating, how I feel like I attempted to do intuitive eating in the past, and now what intuitive eating sounds like and looks like to me, as well as why I think it's not necessarily very intuitive. And this is something that I know a lot of people are working towards and striving for. And there's a lot of things on social media where it's like, oh, intuitive eating is so great. Like, look at this. I'm eating all these delicious things and I'm like maintaining my weight or I'm still losing weight. And I think that's fantastic. I really applaud people who were able to do this in a meaningful and sustainable way. But I wanted to talk about my personal experience before I was familiar with you know, macros and calories and before I was a nutrition coach, before when I was simply just trying to get healthy and lose weight. And for me, I would go through phases like most people where it's like, I'm dieting now, you know, I'm going on vacation, I want to look my best. So I'm going to make an effort to eat healthy. And for me, this was probably my first attempt at like eating intuitively. But for me, it's because I, I say that because I wasn't, you know, tracking calories, tracking macros or anything like that. I was trying to eat intuitively based on my ideas of what I thought was healthy and what I had been told was healthy or good choices. And so my intuition with regards to healthy things was skewed because I think depending on how you've lived your life, your exposure to different diets, different beliefs when it comes to nutrition, that's going to impact your choices. So if you or someone in your family has been someone who's like, low fat is the only way to go, then moving forward, your mentality might be when it comes to like intuitive eating, low fat is the only way to go. So I really need to be mindful of like adding fat and I wouldn't want to do that because that's going to, you know, slow down my progress. And so this is where the whole intuition and experience can impact our choices and what we intuitively believe to be healthy. And I would say that I'm someone who really struggled with what it was to be healthy because for me, that would just mean eat your fruits and vegetables. That's it. There was no talk about protein. There was no talk about healthy fats or anything like that. I mean, I had the idea that nuts were a great source of protein because for a long time, that's how they were advertised. When in reality, nuts do have protein, but they're a really great source of healthy fats. And so it's like trying to get, you know, 30 grams of protein from peanut butter requires you to have like six or 700 calories. And it's like, is that really the best way to get protein? Mm, probably not. But depending on your past diet history or how you've been taught to eat, we kind of have a skewed interpretation of how best to eat, how best to fill our plates and really what to prioritize. And I think the other side of this as well goes into restriction and foods we need to cut out because whenever you are quote unquote trying to eat healthy, there are most certainly foods that a lot of us, I'm not saying they're all similar, but independently, we all have foods where we're like, that is a bad food. That is a food I should not eat. And so 
while I'm, you know, on this health kick, while I'm trying to lose weight for this vacation or this wedding or whatever it is, I'm not going to be eating rice. I'm not going to be eating pasta. And I'm sure as heck not going to be eating bread because all of those things are, you know, bad. And I'm saying bad, you know, not in a serious way, but in a way that a lot of us um, perhaps have thought of these foods over time. Because I do believe, you know, depending on like, Atkins phases or different um, philosophies when it comes to, to nutrition, a lot of foods have been demonized in one way or another. And I feel like this has happened with all kinds of foods, whether they are healthy or not. And I'm definitely someone who is never going to tell you, you can't eat this. I think realistically speaking, there are very few things that you can't or shouldn't eat. And more so learning about, you know, what's an appropriate portion for that? Is that an everyday food? Or is that a food that you know what, you should try to include more in moderation, or more, you know, in smaller portions, and infrequently as opposed to like bananas, you like bananas, they make you happy, they're delicious, you enjoy them, why can't you have them every day? Okay, you want deep fried pork skins? Well, go for it. Um, but should you be having that every day? Probably not. Right. And this is kind of the whole, it's not that you can't eat it, but how often you eat it is important. And I think this is where a lot of us have struggled and me personally as well, because I would go through health phases where I would just simply eliminate certain foods, foods that I liked to eat, enjoyed eating and didn't necessarily have a problem with when it comes to um, portion control or being able to feel in control when eating them. And by that, I simply mean it's not a trigger food or something that I would find myself binging on or overeating. I don't particularly have a problem with including rice or bread or pasta in my life. I can moderate those things well. I can have a slice of bread and move on. I can have a serving of rice or pasta, enjoy it and move on. I've talked about this before, but Chips are one area which I would say is a trigger food for me, and I literally feel like I <laughs> it's an outer body experience and I have very little control over it. Um, and under you know a stressful situation, I will eat an entire bag and then not feel great about myself. And so, all of these things sometimes we don't realize impact our choices, impact how we choose to eat, and impact what we think is intuitive eating. And so I do think intuitive eating is not very intuitive because unless you have some sort of resource or, you know, knowledge with regards to nutrition, it can be hard to make truly informed decisions without having some sort of past bias. And I'm positive that I'm not, um, expressing this as well as I could be. But what I do feel is that after I did track my macros for a long period of time, when I did that, I really learned about different foods. I learned that I can have a lot of watermelon for not a lot of calories, but watermelon is basically all carbs. Not a bad thing, just a fact. And that if I am really hungry and want a snack, popcorn allows me to physically have a lot of um, food while at the same time keeping my calories low. 
I know that I said before, but I'll say this again, that nuts are not going to be a great source of protein for me. They're a great fat source for me. And that I've also learned, you know, that protein is something that I struggle with. And now I have a a list of resources in my mind if I'm thinking, okay, I'm having lunch soon. What's my protein source going to be? Is it going to be cottage cheese? Is it going to be Greek yogurt? A tuna can? Do I have smoked tofu in the fridge? Do I have some fish in the freezer? Do I have a veggie burger? What are my options? But the only reason I'm able to break down food a little bit more clearly in my mind, be able to go, okay, that's a great protein source. That's a great carb source. If I wanted to add a healthy fat to this meal to make sure I'm feeling a little bit um, or more sustained for a longer period of time, I know that I can choose to add a bit of cheese. I can choose to add a bit of olive oil, whatever it is. But this was not intuitive for me. And this is the problem, I think, with the whole term of intuitive eating. None of that was naturally coming to me. Those are not natural choices I would have made. They are now choices that I do make a lot more easily and without too much thought because in my mind, I've created this, um, oh, what's the word for that? Oh, this is the problem with filming a podcast on the spot with no notes. Um, but basically a catalog, there we go, a catalog of information in my head where I have approximations of calories, where I know that if I make half a cup of oatmeal, I'm having approximately this many calories. And that's information that I only have from tracking my macros. Do I think everyone should track their macros at some point? Mm, Not necessarily. There are a lot of people who have struggled with disordered eating prior to discovering macros that I still would not necessarily think it would be a good fit for them. For some people, even with a history of disordered eating, learning about macros can be very eye-opening because of previous fears of restriction and having foods where they're like, I can't eat that. And learning about macros can be empowering because it's kind of eye-opening in the sense that you're like, oh, wow, that's really not bad. There's nothing wrong with that. When I look at, you know, the calories of that, when I look at the macronutrient breakdown of carbohydrates, protein, and fat, heck, that's something I could have every other day or every day, depending on what it is. And this is where I do believe that knowledge is power. And taking the time, if you are mentally in a good place to do this, taking the time to track your macros for a week, for a month, even for whatever period of time you're willing to do, can be really empowering to help you make informed decisions about what you're eating and what you realistically can include. And I think intuitive eating and transitioning to that becomes a lot easier when you kind of have this catalog of resource and knowledge or information in your head. Because I literally use all that information I learned from tracking my macros and the nutritional values of foods daily. That is how I eat intuitively now. But like I said, that is not intuitive. That is me filling my brain with information and knowledge so I can use that daily. And so this is why I do think for a lot of people, it is easier to learn certain principles with regards to nutrition about how to fill their plate. And that might be something like tracking macros, or it might be learning about what macros are just in the sense of grouping. 
So saying like, all vegetables are essentially carbohydrates. Yes, some have more carbs, some have less carbs, but those are okay. And there's nothing wrong with carbohydrates. And saying, these are some great protein sources. You know, look at these 20 different things. These are all different ways you can include protein in your day. And from there, if you do not wish to track your calories or track your macros, simply learning about those three categories and what foods fit into one of them, or sometimes multiple categories, like an egg is a great example. Eggs are a great source of protein and fat if you're consuming the whole thing. If you're having just the egg whites, well, then that's a great source of protein with basically no fat. And so knowing this, whether or not you choose to track your macros can be really helpful in choosing how to plan out your meals and what to prioritize at mealtime. And like I said, this is why intuitive eating is not very intuitive because most of us do not have this information in our head. We have not been taught this from anywhere. We have not um, looked at these foods you know, sort of with this lens, we've looked at foods as good and bad and foods I can and cannot have as opposed to, you know, protein, fats and carbohydrates. And so I do think if you are someone looking to eat more intuitively, taking the time to empower your knowledge base and learn about, you know, nutrition and these things can be really helpful and can be really eye-opening and can really break down misconceptions about foods you can and can't have. And this in turn makes it easier to eat without tracking anything and make decisions when you go out to eat or when you make meals at home. So I know that's a little bit around about conversation, but I feel like it is an important one to have because I know some people are like, I've tried to eat intuitively and I failed. And I have been there, I have done that, I have felt like I failed as well. And it wasn't, like I said, until I took the time to learn about macros and to track them that I was able to transition to eating intuitively with greater ease and success. And this is something where I personally, as a nutrition coach, recommend most of my clients head because I don't think tracking your calories and macros lifelong is something that is actually realistic. This isn't to say that we can't all benefit from, you know, doing a check-in from time to time or to reassess, you know, what a serving size is. And like I've said to clients before, while I don't actively track my macros or calories or anything currently, I will have days where it's like, you know what, I'm a little bit curious how much I'm eating. So I'm going to enter everything into my fitness pal today. And that is a free app if you ever want to use it. Um, and I will enter everything into my fitness pal to get a feel of, oh, you know what? I thought I was ha- having, you know, a little bit less protein than I should. And based on today, I do seem to be having a little bit less protein than I should. So I'm going to make sure that moving forward for the rest of the week, even though I'm not going to track, I will in fact focus on that. And so doing these kinds of check-ins can be a great way to reassess our eating with information and move forward in such a way where even though we're not tracking everything we eat, we are able to make informed decisions about changes or tweaks we can make to our diet and nutrition. So we are feeling more satisfied and more successful and are actually, you know, in a calorie deficit or in a calorie surplus, depending on our current goals. So I do realize I have rambled on about this, but hopefully you have found that helpful and had a better understanding of 
maybe some things that might be worthwhile trying if your goal is to shift to intuitive eating and how that might be more easily done and accomplished in such a way where you do feel successful. So if you do have any questions, don't forget, you can always get in touch with me on Instagram at justget.fit, or you can email me for one-on-one nutrition coaching at Nikki at justget.fit. And don't forget to subscribe to my podcast to make sure you don't miss any new episodes. Thank you so much for listening, guys.